Hey Straight Talk listeners, it's your favorite advice expert, Brainwaves, here with an interesting tidbit I stumbled upon today. A recent study published on CNN suggests that obesity might alter the brain in such a way that it can't recognize when you're full or satisfied after eating. And hold on to your hats, folks. These changes might not be reversible, even if you lose a significant amount of weight. Great, right? Yet another thing we need to worry about in our complex lives. Now keep in mind, there's still a ton of research needed before we fully understand how obesity affects the brain. But this does make me wonder. If we're struggling to beat the bulge, are we fighting an uphill battle that goes way beyond just willpower? And if so, does that mean those who are overweight have an even more significant challenge when it comes to maintaining weight loss? On the one hand, this research could be a bummer for those trying to make a positive change. But on the other hand, it may also help us deepen our empathy for those struggling with obesity. Let's be real, guys. We're all in this together, navigating through the chaos that is life. Instead of judging or shaming one another, let's be supportive and understanding. The world could use a whole lot more of that, don't you think? Now that we've touched on today's food for thought, let's dive into your questions, straight talk listeners. I can't wait to see what you've got for me today. And hey, if you haven't already submitted a question or you have a burning issue that you want answers to, head on over to brainwavespod.com and drop it there. I'm here to help you navigate life's quirkiest dilemmas with a side of humor and a dash of sass. Before we dive into today's episode, Please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised. And straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey brainwaves, this is Sarah from Little Rock, Arkansas. So, I recently moved to a small rural town for my job. As a lesbian, I never expected it to be a piece of cake or anything. But I thought I'd find at least some kind of support network or community for LGBTQ plus people. Well, turns out there's like... Nada, Zip, Zilch. I feel so isolated and alone in this conservative town, and meeting fellow LGBTQ plus folk or attending pride events ain't an option within a hundred miles. What advice do you have for someone like me navigating this challenge of finding support and connection miles upon miles away from big city queers? Thanks a bunch. Hey Sarah, thanks for tuning in and asking your question. I can imagine it's not easy being a LGBTQ plus person in a small rural town where you feel like a fish out of water. It's tough for anyone to feel like they don't have a community to connect with. But hold on, sister. I've got your back. And let's see if I can offer you some nuggets of wisdom to make things a bit more manageable. First off, and I know you're probably sick of hearing this, but the internet is your best friend in this scenario. There are loads of online forums, dating apps, and discussion boards specifically designed for folks like you who want to connect with others in the LGBTQ plus community. And hey, you don't even have to get out of your PJs for these virtual gatherings, which is always a win in my book. Although it might sound counterintuitive, don't skip out on local events and organizations just because they're not explicitly queer-focused. Sign up for that pottery class, volunteer at the animal shelter, 
or join a book club. You never know where you'll find pockets of like-minded individuals or even other LGBTQ plus folks with whom you can connect. Just living your authentic self is often enough to open doors to new friendships and connections. Now, Sarah, I want you to channel that inner rebel, we all have one, and think about starting your own local LGBTQ plus group or event. Maybe there are other LGBTQ plus people in town who are just as lonely as you and are waiting for someone to take the initiative. It could be as simple as a monthly meetup at the local coffee shop, or something more creative like a rainbow-themed crafting group. Whatever it is, know that you have the power to create the community you crave. And finally, my dear, don't forget the importance of staying connected with your LGBTQ plus friends and acquaintances from back in the big city or elsewhere. Keep those friendships strong, and if possible, make plans to visit each other or attend LGBTQ plus events in other cities. Staying engaged with your support network, even if they're far away, can help counteract feelings of isolation when you're back home in rural America. Remember, Sarah, you have the ability to be a trailblazer and a beacon of light in your small town. It might take some extra effort or getting creative, which is always a fun challenge for us queers. But I have faith that you can build bonds, foster connections, and make your mark in this new community of yours. You've got this. Hey, Brainwaves. I'm Julie from Seattle. My partner and I have been together for five years, and we both work in the tech industry, you know, coding and all that jazz. So here's my issue. My partner recently got a huge promotion at work. Awesome, right? Except we're actually in the same field, and I am now literally two steps down the corporate ladder from them. Not that I'm not proud and happy for them, but it's kind of brought up some, uh, feelings of inadequacy on my part. I know that shouldn't be the case, but every time they excitedly discuss their new job, it's like this little gremlin inside me starts gnawing at me. That cute little jealousy gremlin, you know? So, I guess my question to you is, how do I learn to cope better with my partner's career success while still pursuing my own goals in our competitive industry? It's affecting our relationship, and I don't want it to anymore. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Love your show, by the way. Hey, Julie. First, thanks for listening to the show and congrats to your partner on the promotion. Now let's tackle this nasty little jealousy gremlin you've got dancing around your brain. Oh, the good old career comparison game. Truly a classic among couples. Especially those who work in the same field. It's normal to feel a twinge of jealousy, but here's the first piece of hard truth. You're partners in life, not competitors. Remember, your partner's success is your success. Now let's get to the root of the problem. You mentioned that hearing about your partner's achievements is bringing up feelings of inadequacy. If you want to untangle those emotions, take a step back and evaluate your own career. Are you reaching your goals and fulfilling your ambitions? If the answer is yes, fantastic. Keep rocking it. If the answer is no, Consider creating a game plan to get where you want to be. Here's a little exercise for you. Grab a pen and a piece of paper. Yeah, that ancient technology. And jot down your personal career goals and timeline. This will help you visualize your aspirations and not get distracted by your partner's achievements. Bonus. This list can also be a conversation starter. Share it with your partner and ask for their support on your journey. Now, let's talk communication. It's time to have an open, honest conversation with your partner. 
Let them know you're proud of their promotion, but also be vulnerable and share your feelings of insecurity. They might not even realize how their enthusiasm has been affecting you. Remember, you two are a team. Talk about ways you can celebrate each other's successes, no matter how big or small. Instead of focusing on the disparity, make it a point to revel in your victories together. Lastly, keep in mind that everyone's career trajectory is different. Just because your partner is currently two steps up the corporate ladder, it doesn't mean that's where they'll always be in relation to you. Industries fluctuate, opportunities arise, and people change. Your time to shine is coming, Julie. To sum it all up, address your feelings of inadequacy, set your own goals and timeline, have a frank conversation with your partner, and remember, you're part of a power couple, not part of an Olympic race. And hey, don't forget to give that cute little jealousy gremlin a swift kick out the door. Good luck, Julie, and keep coding. Hey, Brainwaves. My name is Erica, and I'm calling from Austin, Texas. I'm hoping you can help me out with a work dilemma involving LGBTQ plus representation in my office. So here's the deal. I work in a pretty traditional corporate environment, but lately it's been making a push toward increasing diversity and inclusion. As a queer woman, I think it's awesome and I want to help out, but I'm struggling to figure out the best way to do it without jeopardizing my career or, you know, making everything about my sexual orientation. I'm out to a few close colleagues, but not to everyone. I want to promote LGBTQ plus representation in my workplace and help get those conversations started. But I'm worried about being taken less seriously or seen as solely an advocate when I'm actually here to, like, you know, do my job. Any advice on advocating for LGBT rights and representation without putting too big of a target on my back would be really appreciated. Thanks, Brainwaves. Hey, Erica. Thanks for calling in. I feel the Austin heat in your question, and I'm ready to serve up some of that straight-talk barbecue that'll get your mind cooking. First off, kudos to you for wanting to champion diversity and inclusion in your workplace. It's important, and I understand navigating the balance between advocacy and maintaining a professional image can be tricky, so let's untangle this together. As a starting point, do you know if your company has any employee resource groups, ERGs, these groups often exist to support specific underrepresented communities, and they may already have resources, events, or initiatives advocating for LGBTQ plus rights and representation. Connecting with relevant ERGs can be a great way to contribute to the cause on company time without diluting your professional brand. Next, ask yourself why you want to take on this role. Is it about creating a more inclusive environment that benefits everyone? Or is it about personal recognition? Approaching advocacy from a place of genuine care and believing in the cause is key if you want to avoid any labels that may be thrown your way. Since you mentioned being concerned about becoming the LGBTQ advocate in your office, consider forming or joining a coalition. By bringing together co-workers who share your passion for diversity and inclusion, you'll be part of a team that works towards a common goal. And trust me, there's power in numbers. Remember that advocating for LGBTQ plus rights in the workplace isn't a one-person mission. Seek allies among your peers and management who support your cause. A little sprinkle of diversity champions across the office will make a world of difference. When presenting your ideas and initiatives, 
frame them in a way that highlights the benefits for the company as a whole. This can be anything from fostering a more creative and innovative atmosphere to attracting and retaining top talent or even improving the corporate image and brand. By tying in tangible, measurable benefits, you're more likely to garner support and respect. Lastly, don't forget about the importance of boundaries. You can be both a passionate advocate and a kick-ass professional, but remember that you have the right to protect your own identity and privacy at work. Share what you're comfortable with, and don't be afraid to draw a line if you need to. In short, Erica, find existing resources or create a team, keep your intentions genuine, enlist allies around you, emphasize the benefits for everyone, and most importantly, protect your own well-being. Follow this recipe, serve it up with a dash of persistence and a heaping spoonful of empathy, and you'll be on your way to helping create an inclusive workplace that respects everyone, including awesome, hardworking people like you. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions. So head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 